0: When you, when you become that person who creates and not the person who critiques the creator, you know, there are people out there that just cr- critique people who um, make music, make movies, write poems, paint pictures, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, those people, that's their only voice, is critiquing others who create. That's one of the biggest problems that I've always had with, you know, listening to people who review movies and review albums and all that stuff if they haven't created something before I'm not gonna listen to them you know what I mean and even still if it's if it's another artist critiquing another artist it better be constructive and it better not be putting it down it better not be uh even if it is constructive it, it just it better be the the intent better be to sort of say you go find out for yourself whether you like it or not you know what I
1: mean yeah or if if, um. it, if it's criticism, it should be a positive criticism or an opinion based criticism where it's like hey this is my opinion of what an out an, an avenue you might want to take or an avenue you might want to look at or something like that versus this is the way you need to do it if you want to succeed that you don't have even if you're even if you have succeeded and you've made it in whatever genre of anything that you're doing I still don't think you have the I guess you don't deserve to be able to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. Hey, CEP listeners, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating on whatever streaming platform you stream your podcasts on. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the show. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about racism when it comes to sports teams' mascots, we talk about stand-up comedy in today's culture, and we talk about the upcoming UFC 251 card. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, don't hesitate to reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you'd like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey everybody. Welcome back to this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am Colt Brocato. Patrick Blair, my co-host in the most Indian-like shirt I have ever seen. Not Indian <laughs> as in the race, Indian as in baseball. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. That is, the, that is the most...
0: I don't think anyone was confused, but may, Well,
1: maybe. Could have... Had, I, I feel like that was going to go down a racial road that we don't need to go down.
0: I'm glad you didn't. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. But still, there, there's a lot of Indian on that shirt.
0: Yeah, it says Indians all over it. A lot.
1: Did you pick that shirt out?
0: I did. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't say that I was trying to offend people with it, because people still get offended by that name. And but um,
1: you think that's stupid or weird? That people get offended. Do I think it's weird you that think...
0: people are? Do I think it's weird that they're offended by the word Indians? Yes. Or or. The Chief Wahoo, the actual Indian mascot, or both combined.
1: Hang on, is chief? You said Chief Wahoo.
0: Yes, Chief Wahoo is the actual cartoon character that oh, okay. the Indians logo used to be. Okay, uh, they are they are no longer using it because they can't because too many people complained.
1: So, what are they using? Uh, Just the name Indians.
0: Uh, it's going to be cursive, like on my shirt and then the block letter C red C that they've been using for however many years now. But yeah. Interesting. Um,
1: is that just starting this year?
0: No, no. It's been, I want to say since 2017, I want to say since the year after they tragically lost the world series to the Chicago Cubs. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, so I, there was a weird thing too where they're still able to like sell Chief Wahoo. So with the merchandising, some some places get the the okay to sell it, but they cannot wear it anymore. Uh, I've actually been into. I've had a, I've had a a back and forth with someone who actually stopped me. I was wearing um, I was wearing the Wahoo hat, not in Cleveland here in St. Louis, and someone stopped me and. <laughs> and said that the that logo was offensive, and I and I, so there was an article. Before I continue with my story, there was an article written by someone. I don't remember the 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 news publication that put it out, but they uh, they posted these cartoon-like characters, like Chief Wahoo, and one was a Caucasian, one was an Asian, and things like that. So, what if there was a team called? One was uh, Jewish as well. So what if there was a team called the Jews? What if there was a team called the Caucasians? And the, um, I don't remember what the Asian term was. I'm pretty sure it was racist, but either way. So it made me think of that article and I remember reading that article and getting a little bit offended, like not offended, I'm sorry. I wasn't offended by it, but I was, uh, I was annoyed. So the person said something. And again, who do you think, let me ask you this, take a guess. The person who said something about my hat, who do you think it was?
1: Like what race were they? Is that what you're asking?
0: Sure. Go ahead.
1: I feel like you're throwing a curveball at me. No pun intended. No, just
0: take, your, just take a guess. You just have to guess.
1: Were they Indian?
0: They definitely were not. No, they were white. Okay. They were white, for sure. Okay. Okay. For sure was a woke-ass white person. So was, that, um, so
1: was that person saying that they were offended or it was an offensive logo? That's two different
0: things. Well, I'm going to assume that they were offended and their day was ruined and they didn't know what they were going to do with the rest of their, um, their day after running into me. Uh, they said it was offensive. And I just challenged them and I said, Hey, hear ya? I hear ya but can you name a time in history where, let me, so I said, name a time in history where it was disparaging to refer to Native Americans as wide-eyed and smiley-faced, because that's what the logo is. It's a cartoon character. And I said, you're you're trying to say that 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 cartoon character is disparaging to that particular group of people, but why can't it be paying homage to them instead? And I go, but also name me a time in history where the racial stereotype that was dedicated to that group of people was, hey, they got big white eyes because they're smiling big and they're happy. Pretty sure that's not how we thought about them right. or think about them now. So I don't really understand what's so offensive about it. And that's going to be my defense of it until the day I die. Uh, we'll see if someone changes my mind but
1: what about Redskins does that seem more offensive to you than Indians
0: the name yes the name sure absolutely Right. however the logo not so much no but the name I could see why that upsets people a little bit a little bit more than Indians I guess but that was a disparaging term that was used Right. You know, and Indians itself, I, there's a funny joke uh, Lou CK tells about that where we just came over here, us, we being Europeans, white people came over to, to America and just called them Indians by mistake. Like his joke was like, oh, you're Indians, right? Like, no, it's a completely different group of people. Nah, we're calling you <laughs> Indians anyway. Like that's, that's just what we did. Right. Like, you know what I mean? They, they weren't Indians. And it just stuck. So, like, again, like, is a sports team being called Indians with a cartoon character as the logo, is that offensive? Um, Maybe. Do I understand why people are offended by it? Possibly. But, again, can you name me a time in history where the offensive thing to say about Native Americans or, excuse me, indigenous Americans was that they were smiley-faced and had big, bright eyes they are just happy doesn't really compute to me but that's just me that's me defending my you know i want chief wahoo but um it's gone so what can you do indians
1: is odd to me i'm not taking away from anybody who is offended by it if you are i'm sure you have valid reasons on why but it's a race of people so why is it offensive
0: What do you mean it's a race? What What do you you mean? What do you mean? Are you saying people from the country of India? Or are you saying Native Americans or, excuse me again, indigenous Americans? Which are you referring to?
1: I guess I'm not separating the two. Is that where I'm messing up?
0: Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's, it's two two completely different groups of people. What do you you mean?
1: Okay, so if the if the team name was Native Americans, is that offensive?
0: It is now in in two thousand twenty. That's it's not PC to say Native Americans. It's Indigenous Americans, which that's a mouthful. We can't call a sports team Indigenous Americans. So
1: <laughs> I hope we can't. I hope we don't. We call it's no, too look, much. It's so too the much. team
0: was named the team was named after. Native Americans, which at one point in time, the PC term or the, the term used to describe them was Indians. OK, you know, we're not talking about the country of India. We're not talking about Indians that live in India. You didn't think that, right? Right. OK, so why were you? confused?
1: <laughs> it's not. No, I, I'm just never mind. I it's not that I'm confused. I just I guess I wasn't separating the two.
0: Well, at the end of the day, it's a sports team, it's a logo, it's a cartoon.
1: Okay, so, so you know, everybody's been up in arms about the Redskins also, which we talked about a little bit just a while ago, but when it comes to the Redskins, when it comes to the Indians, that's been the team name for so long. Do you think people have been offended by it for that long, or do you think there was just a certain point, like a few years ago, where enough people got offended, or decided that they were offended by it to actually be up in arms about it and possibly change names or change logos or whatever.
0: Um, I think at a certain point enough white people got offended by it.
1: Why? And that's why, why are, and that's you, why you, always blam- why are you always blaming white people?
0: Because, no, And I'm not saying that to be funny. I swear. That's, I, know. That's, I know. That I know. is the case. I know. I am blaming it on them. Us, you and I, our people, But no, no, I think enough white people got offended that there was a change made. Um, There have been studies done and there have been polls taken, and I've read all about this, where um, they've gone to specific um, outspoken groups of people, um, and by this I mean Native American tribes and things like that, and they've asked, you know, are you offended by Redskins and the logo? Are you offended by Atlanta Braves and the logo? Are you offended by Cleveland Indians and the logo? And now, again, you got to take it with a grain of salt because everything has an angle. But a majority said that it was a resounding no, that we are not offended. A majority felt like they were paying homage to um, to those groups of people. Now, again, it's kind of the running theme here for me on this show as well can't trust the media where, where what is the angle again so you got got to pay attention to who wrote that article what what is the source you know but I, I do find it interesting that you know and I, I've seen this um, numerous times where you know a person has and a person who is again a part of a group that is a part of a group that sort of supports and defends Native Americans in the United States um, say that the least of their worries right now is a sports team and what their mascot or logo is and what their name is, least of our worries, right? Not, not, not at the top of our priorities list. So again, I take it back to, yeah, enough white people got offended and started (laughs) making waves on the issue. And that's, that's why the change, you know, I'm not, I'm not at the center of this. I'm just a fan. I enjoy the Cleveland Indians logo, um, whether it be Chief Wahoo or the one that I'm wearing now, which is just the, you know, Indians in cursive script letters or whatever. But, you know, I, again, I just so sort of like, again, to wrap up my story, I just challenged the person to sort of tell me, again, when in history was it the thing to be, you know, racially insensitive toward Indians, and I'm using air quotes here. Um, By saying, hey, you're too wide-eyed and smiley-faced. Stop that. Why are you so happy, Mr. Indian? (laughs) I don't like you because of that. It just doesn't make sense to me. It it doesn't. And when that article came out about, um, and I can actually send you something after we're done. I'm not going to try to look it up now. Someone from the Boston Globe, I want to say, wrote a really good article refuting all of this, um, talking about all of these things really great article. It was really like well-written. It was, you could tell that he took time and um, it was a long article too, but you know, when that original article I was referring to brought up the, well, what? what how would you feel if the team was called Caucasians? And then, you know, if there was a Jews team and that, you know, it was a stereotypical cartoon character of a Jew. Now I'm not saying what that cartoon character is. I didn't draw the thing. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't, I know what Jewish stereotypes are, but again, if it's a cartoon character, much like the Chief Wahoo, I would again ask, wh- what's the intent behind just having a cartoon character of a Jewish person, right? Right. What are, What are we saying by that? Now, again, it could be offensive. The, you You could certainly do things to make it offensive, but the cartoon characters that this article was using, you just took you took a, a a pale-skinned blonde person, right, and made them into a cartoon character. You took a dark-haired, pale person and made them into a Jewish character, and then you took a, you know, uh, now you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna stop where I'm saying the Asian one was a little bit a little bit much, if you ask me. But again, what are we calling it? Are we saying the Asians? Um, well, where do we go from there? Because again, Asians. Asia is a big place, big place, tons of countries, tons of uh, culturally, tons of different people there. So what are we saying by that? So again, those, what they did was, is they took something that in, and I think this article came out in 2014, 15, maybe. With those, they took something that in 2014 and 2015, you had active stereotypes being sort of, um projected to to people of all races all across the country all across the world which again Indians when I'm looking at specifically the Chief Wahoo logo I just don't know that there was a point in time in history where he said hey you smile too much why do you it just it didn't it, you know again it was a cartoon character that instead of people saying well it pays homage to a specific group of people, it's a stereotype and it offends us, but I don't I don't see the stereotype. Now the name Redskins, I understand where we're gonna get a lot of hate for this one. i, I feel I like I'm just pissing everyone off. But I understand where I understand where the stereotype of the name Redskin could could offend people and could bother people. Um should it bother white people? No, I think we should sometimes shut the fuck up and let other people get behind them but what, what do i know again the person who said something to me about my indian hat was white so
1: okay well to wrap I, this whole uh non racist conversation up i don't want anybody to think hopefully that anybody who has listened to this in the past knows that there is no racism here by any means at all i'm just i just wanted to ask the questions to kind of get your side and what your thoughts were on If and why logos or names or anything can be racist, or if they are.
0: Yeah. Well, look. I mean, am I off base on this? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, look at like the old Atlanta Braves logo. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? It's the it's the actual brave. He's got like the the Mohawk and the the whole the whole. I mean. I, I, you know, at one point in time, people were like, "Nope, that's too much. It's offensive. We gotta, we gotta change it." And I'm, I'm going, well, that look, that specific thing existed in history. Right. So what are we saying? We're trying to rewrite history? They were called Braves. You know, like the uh, a sort of a nickname for the Cleveland Indians. Is it's the Braves of the Cuyahoga because they're in Cleveland, you got Cuyahoga County and all that stuff. They're called the Braves, the Indians of Cuyahoga. You know i don't I don't know who's ever been offended by that other than people trying to financially benefit from suing Major League Baseball on the Cleveland Indians or suing the NFL on the Washington Redskins, right in most of the stories that I've seen, it has not been Native American groups taking it to court civilly and trying to get money out of the NFL or I, so um, and maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it's just so happens to be a Caucasian heading up these groups that speak in front of a camera. But again, why are you speaking for um, for someone else? But I you know look, if you're asking me, do I understand why anyone gets offended about anything? Yeah. We just live in a time where people get offended about the smallest things right. and people take things out of context and people don't worry about intent and people don't worry about humor and people don't worry about, again, paying homage with a cartoon rather than things like that. Um, you know, I, it's a slippery slope. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I might be talking in circles right now, but the only reason I am is the more I talk about it, the more I think about what I consider to be offensive and and things of that nature. But again, you know, saying that a cartoon character, which again, does not take a negative stereotype about a group of people, and in my mind, again, pays homage to them, saying that that's offensive, it, it just doesn't hold any weight to me. But I do get that, For some people, it does. I can't really change that. Um, But
1: you said that you said you don't think people see, you didn't say exactly this way, but you said that people don't see the humor, I guess is how you put it a minute ago.
0: Well, not necessarily in that logo, but I'm saying humor in general.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, There have been stand up comedians as uh, as of very recently that, you know, have. They they've gotten in trouble and they've been fired from jobs and they've been uh, they've sort of been shunned by people uh, because of things that they said that were were sort of taken out of context because they were having a conversation and something racially motivated came up and they said something and someone took it out of context blasted it out to the world via social media and then that person got in trouble which again. Look, if if your job is being a comedian, you are a... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You're a social commentator. Sorry. Well, my brain went blank there. But you're a social commentator. So part of the reason that you are doing what you're doing is to say things funny and to make light of certain situations. Right. And again, because that's your job, you should not be taken out of context. Right. And if you are... You should have the ability to say, "Hey, here was the context of the conversation," instead of taking one little snippet. Listen to the entire thing. And at the end of the day, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. You should be able to say whatever you want without uh, much of the social uh, sort of consequences that we see on people. But again, we sort of live in a we live in a time where people can take things out of context and really get you in trouble for it. So that's what I meant by the humor.
1: Right. Well, um, well that's. I'm glad you went down that road with it because that's kind of what I was thinking about. I was going to ask you the question of, do you think that today is the hardest time to be a stand-up comedian? Because the humor that you could probably get away with more maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago is harder to get away with now.
0: Um, yeah, Um, I think it's a good time to be a stand-up comedian. But yeah, I also think it's it's a it's a dangerous time. I think it's a dangerous time to be anyone, whether it be a stand-up comedian or writer, um, anyone who's trying to tell jokes for sure. Yeah, uh, because you just don't know. You know, you and I are sort of see eye to eye on stand-up comedy. We're big, big fans. We follow a lot of stand-up comedians. We listen to their podcasts. You know, we, we, we know of the ones who have gotten in trouble for the least amount of anything, right. you know, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be the person who gets offended by a stand-up comedian. Cause at the end of the day, you know what I can do? Stop paying attention. That's it. Right. You know, um, we, you know, we talked about, I think one of the, fr- the first, uh, podcast we did, you know, the, the joke that. Ari Shafir made about Kobe Bryant.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, not I didn't think it was funny, but I don't have to listen to him again if I don't want to. But I also can't tell him what he can and cannot say. You know? I don't think anyone should. No one should, especially and I think I said this the last time, but especially other stand up comedians, they shouldn't be telling other stand up comedians what they should or should not be saying or can and cannot be saying. One of the biggest knocks on Bill Cosby before he started raping people was that he would, he would, he would communicate with other African-American comedians and tell them that they should stop cursing and stop swearing and um, stop saying a lot of the things that they were saying. And they would all be like, bro, we're going to do what we want. Like, wasn't there one, com- how are you the?
1: Wasn't there one comedian? I'm trying to think of who that was. Wasn't there like one comedian that was like the face of that? Who was that? Eddie
0: Murphy. Was Eddie it, Murphy
1: was okay. It was Eddie Murphy. That's right.
0: Yeah, when Eddie Murphy started blowing up via his stand-up comedy, Bill Cosby came down hard on him, and I believe the story goes as Richard Pryor just said, "Ignore that motherfucker. Do right. what you want. Right. Do 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 what you do. Just ignore him." You know, because Bill Cosby notoriously was sort of a cleaner comedian, and was like, you know, he was Mr. Cosby. He was the he was America's dad. Right. You know what I mean? Um, America's dad's not gonna <laughs> he's not gonna put out a, a a comedy special like Raw or Delirious you know what I mean um, Eddie Murphy certainly did yeah well dude, and that's the crazy thing is when Eddie Murphy brought out those stand-up specials you know you know we've talked about on the show a lot of the stand-up specials that have come out recently none of them have have pushed the boundaries quite like you know those two specifically those two eddie murphy specials did i'm pretty sure that raw... now, when they came out it was it had a lot to do with the time so we, we we've certainly evolved as a people and we yeah. i think we got desensitized to those things but then i don't know how many years it's been now but there's been a there's been a there's been a change in the in the way that we in what we see is funny and what we're offended by and all that good stuff but what were you gonna say sorry
1: i think that raw and delirious are both on netflix
0: I know they were. I don't know if they are anymore. And that um.
1: surprises me. Like, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff on Netflix that I guess they don't care is on there that can be considered offensive movie-wise, you know, especially older movies and things like that. But still, like Raw and Delirious, I watched both of them not too long ago. And I my eyes were, like, bugged the entire time because I hadn't watched it in so long. But then you just hear the things that he talks about and how he talks and stuff, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe they're showing this today. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. Again, I think because it's on Netflix, well, look, it would never be on network TV, and a lot of cable stations, cable channels wouldn't play it, but because you have the choice of watching it or not, I guess, um, he does say a a lot of things that, again, today, you know, you get in trouble for. Yeah. I mean, he, no, he, he pushed the boundaries, man. <laughs> I, but look, I, we should not have a problem with that. You know?
1: Well, it's like you said, you have the choice to watch it or
0: not. Yeah. But at but, the end, but also like, look, you and I are doing a podcast, right? We're, we're, we're communicating. Via, we're communicating via a new thing that right now is has such a worldwide popularity and this is still content that we have to create. so we're creators of this content. you and I are creating something right now you know granted, we're just having a conversation um, but still you know this this is a this is a a form of creativity that everyone, Uh, chooses to embrace or not embrace right now, whether it be creating your own or listening to it or whatever the case may be. People can turn us off whenever they want. Now, you and I cuss. We talk about, you know, we don't, again, we don't talk about everything, but we, we talk about things that could be considered controversial or socially controversial, I guess. And as creators of this content and as people who talk about these things, we, you and I, should not tell someone what they can or cannot say. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you when you become that person who creates and not the person who critiques the creator. You know, there are people out there that just critique people who um, make music, make movies, write poems, paint pictures, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, Those people, that's their only voice is critiquing others who create. That's one of the biggest problems that I've always had with, you know, listening to people who review movies and review albums and all that stuff if they haven't created something before I'm not gonna listen to them you know what I mean and even still if it's if it's another artist critiquing another artist it better be constructive and it better not be putting it down it better not be uh even if it is constructive it, it just it better be the the intent better be to sort of say you go find out for yourself whether you like it or not You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. Or if Uh. if if it's criticism, it should be a positive criticism, or an opinion based criticism where it's like, "Hey, this is my opinion of what an 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 avenue you might want to take, or an avenue you might want to look at, or something like that." Versus, "This is the way you need to do it if you want to succeed." That you don't have. Even if you're, even if you have succeeded and you've made it in whatever genre of anything that you're doing, I still don't think you have the. I guess you don't deserve to be able to tell people what they should and shouldn't do. Does that make sense? No, you
0: don't. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you can ask someone's opinion and they can give it to you. And then, you know, you as a person who listens to that opinion can take it as a grain of salt and go listen and go find out for yourself. My point is, is like, if you go through the process of creating something, the last thing you should do is shit on other people that create, period. You know, I go back to what I said about music, where it, it's really, it's it's corny for me to say it, but there really is no such thing as bad music. There's just not. And I feel I'm able to say that, or the understanding that I have in my own brain, and my own heart of saying that, is that I've created something before. Now, people have liked it, and believe me, people have shit on it, right? So my my mission in that and my goal, my objective in saying that is like, look, you may dislike it, but there could be tons of other people that do like it. So for you to just go, that sucks. That song sucks. That band sucks. Don't listen to that. It sucks. What does that even mean, it sucks? Why? All right. So, you know, if, if for a person to review an album and say, well, it's just... Uh, and I've seen it. I've seen sloppy sort of reviews where it's like, well, it's lacking you know, saying something like, Well, the lyrics are are terrible and it's generic and you know, that word generic. I love that word generic when music is thrown around. That's <laughs> I love it. That's so beautiful to me.
1: By generic Which, does generic, that mean by generic does that mean like sounds like everything else?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generic usually means like, yeah, it's 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 uh I've heard I've heard a lot of like pop, songs and pop records be called generic and a lot of butt rock records be called generic um that's fine and well but can you write a song like that right person who's calling it generic you only know what generic is because some asshole before you wrote it was generic and some asshole before him wrote something was generic and you're just you know i don't know where we were going with this i kind of got lost but well I um, i can i
1: can take it down another road we talked about stand-up comedy a little bit, and I just re- seen over the last couple of days that uh, Helium Comedy Club is starting to stack up some pretty big names coming through. Have you ever been to I Helium? Been. Yeah. Who have you seen?
0: Um, it's been a while, but I mean, I've seen... Uh, I've seen... Greg Giraldo quite a few times there, Nate Bargatze. Um
1: Hang on, what what? Kind of, At Helium? Yeah. Helium's been around. Helium was around before Greg Giraldo passed away?
0: Oh yeah. I saw him th- really th- three times there, yeah.
1: I thought Helium yeah, was newer go- than that.
0: No, no, no. You're you're thinking of um uh wait. No. What's the place at the galleria?
1: That's helium. That's helium? Yeah. Are you thinking of What's the funny the, you're thinking of the funny bone, aren't you? Funny
0: bone, Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I was gonna
1: say, there's no way.
0: No, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Helium, I saw those two people, those two comedians I just named. Yeah, when you were when you started questioning wait, and I was like wait, wait,
1: what? You mean funny bone?
0: No. Funny bone. Jesus I saw Christ. those two <laughs> This I, is the I, worst I'm conversation sorry. ever. <laughs> no, no, no. Well no, that's good. <laughs> okay. Helium, uh, I've only been there one time, sadly, and I saw Michael Rapaport.
1: Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. Okay,
0: yeah. um, there have been tons of shows that have come through there that I've wanted to go to, and something always happened to where I couldn't go. So,
1: anyways, they are they are social distancing shows. So I like I think that they're not like you can have your own party of people. I think that can sit at a table, but like tables in there might have like four chairs and they're they're not going to put anybody with people that aren't with your party at your table that kind of a situation and they're so, they're social distancing in different ways like they're taking temperatures of all the staff and stuff like that before they enter and all those kinds of things too but i mean like nikki glazer's coming through and stuff and i'm I, i'm just curious on what bigger name comedians thought processes are i mean i don't know of course, what the dollar sign is or the the price tag attached to them coming through is. But, you know, they can't have the crowds unless they book more shows. Instead of if they normally would do two shows or, well, I guess normally do like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know if that's what they're doing now, but unless they book more shows, they're not going to be able to pull in the ticket sales because they can't have as many people in the room at the same time.
0: Okay. So, so who, in,
1: anyways what i'm saying is like Helium's not a bigger like it's a big chain but it's not a bigger club. It's not like Nikki Glaser who can go sell out the pageant. Now she's going to play Helium Comedy Club and i understand that she hasn't been they haven't been able to do anything for a while because of covid and it, if nothing else it's just a way to get back on the road and start playing or start you know doing stand up again but i just wonder what their thought process is.
0: The the well so the comedians or the clubs? The comedians. Oh, they want to get back to work, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Like, so who are some of the other bigger names that you're
1: I don't know if, I don't know off the top of my head. I know I recognized a bunch of them, but I'd have to look it up.
0: I'm gonna look it up. So Nikki Gla when is Nikki Glazer gonna be there. I've never I see are you a fan won- of
1: her? Uh ish.
0: Here's the thing. I don't know if I've ever watched her stand up. I've only heard her on Well, I've seen her on roasts, so that counts, but other than that I know she had a special on Netflix, but I didn't watch it, and it wasn't on purpose. It, it definitely wasn't on purpose. My wife would say it was because she thinks I'm sexist and I don't like female comedians. But isn't she from St. Louis? Yeah. Where is she from?
1: I don't know what—I don't remember the school.
0: And I actually have heard her um, her appearances on St. Louis radio as well. Yeah. I looked up Nikki Glazer instead of Helium.
1: Yeah, look up Helium Saint Louis or whatever. And you'll you'll know some quite a few of the names, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. So when does this start?
1: I wanna say it's either this month or next.
0: Okay. Oh, they got something posted on here as well. Well, I mean, well look, I I think it's great. Well she play. She, she's gonna be there June seventeenth.
1: Yeah, I was saying I didn't think it was that far away.
0: That's, next week. That's a week away. Yeah. Oh, Shane Gillis is going to be there. Okay, he was one of the people I was referring to that caught a bunch of shit for saying something out of context, and lost his job at um, Saturday Night Live. He was a writer.
1: I don't know who that is. I don't think. I'm sure I wouldn't know his face.
0: Yeah, you would. Dan, so- Dan, Soder's Dan Soder. Dan Soder. Dan Soder.
1: Yeah, that was another one too.
0: Corey Holcomb's going to be there. Yep. Wow. So I am curious I'm really curious about how they're going to do this. But you know what? Good. People need to get back to work, man. People need I I mean, I mean what are we going to do? How long are we going to how long are we going to do this? Right. You know. Uh Brad Williams. Is he booked? Yeah. August 13th through the 15th. Russell Peters is booked. Oh wow. Brian Regan is booked.
1: Do you, like, do you, you see what I'm saying? Like, these guys sell out mm, theaters.
0: Some of them do, yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's, That's crazy. Well, I mean, look, these guys want to get back to work, man. What are they doing if they're not, I mean, look, they got, they have their podcast. They have, you know, things they can be doing. Uh, but this is their bread and butter is going on the road and playing clubs like Helium or the Funny Bone. Whatever. Have you been to the Funny Bone since you've given me so much shit? I have not actually. Okay.
1: I've been to Helium a lot, but I have not been to the Funny Bone.
0: Who did you see at Helium?
1: She's seen Joey Diaz, Tom Segura, Bob Saget, uh, Andrew Santino, mm, Mick Foley. Uh, Excuse me. Who? Mick Foley. Don't tell me you don't know who Mick Foley is.
0: Um, are you talking about Cactus Jack? Yes. Um, does he do stand up? He
1: does a comedy storytelling show.
0: I'm not annoyed that he does it. I'm annoyed that you went. I don't know I'm why. annoyed um, that you're annoyed. Who, who, else? <laughs> who else? Who else?
1: I don't, I'm, I don't know. Oh, um, <laughs> Oh, I can't think of his name now. Short guy that does really funny videos on Instagram.
0: Kyle Dunnigan? That's
1: it, yes. I've seen him there.
0: I'm close. Yeah. Hi, girls. Oh, God, I love... He has one of the best Instagrams. Did you go... You didn't go to... Did you go to Joe Rogan when it was at um uh, Stiefel? Yep. You did go? hmm So... I mean I haven't been to a million comedy shows at big places like that but I've been to quite a few. Andrew Santino sets one of the one of the better opening sets I've seen by a guy who's opening for someone as big as Joe Rogan. Right. Would you agree? Did you did you enjoy his set? I did. Yeah. The only other one I can think of and and I sound like a dick, I don't remember the guy's name but I've seen Jim Jeffries quite a few times.
1: I would love to see Jim Jeffries. Um,
0: So it was at the pageant, and he brought this same guy both times that I saw him. I think he was Australian, or not Australian. I think he was uh, British. No, Canadian. He was Canadian. I cannot remember the guy's name, but he both times just crushed. The crowd was so into him. And I thought it was really good for Jim Jeffries because the crowd was, like, hyped. Like right. the first guy was fun, like the opening guy was funny. I'm hyped. Like I'm ready. You know, when you when you I've seen it, when you go to a comedy show and the opener doesn't do so well, the headliner comes out and every everyone's like not awake and just sort of, you know,
1: right. They they're, the, like, yeah, they're having the, the crowd back. Like. Yeah, right.
0: But I guess a lot of times that can work in their advantage too, where the crowd's like, so glad he's coming now. Like that person. I didn't like that person at all. But yeah, Sh- that's Sh- good, man.
1: Shane Moss, do you know who that is?
0: That sounds familiar, but I don't know for sure.
1: Seen him at Helium also. So I've seen, like, at the pageant, I've seen Anthony Jeselnik. And do you know who Bo Burnham is? I do. Seen him at the pageant also. I think that's, besides Stiefel with Joe Rogan, I think that's the only bigger, like, theater shows for comedy that I've seen, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones. I mean, went to Louis C.K.
1: Oh, actually, I lied. I did see Louis C.K. at Fox.
0: Okay. Yeah, I was at that one.
1: And I seen Billy Gardell at the pageant as well. I don't know if Who you know. that? Have you ever seen the TV show Mike and Molly?
0: I definitely have not.
1: Okay. He was also on the, uh, King of Queens back in the day. He's been on a lot of stuff. You'd know him if you've seen him. And then we actually seen him down at a uh, laughing gas comedy club in Cape a couple of months ago before they shut down and did a meet and greet with him and stuff.
0: Okay. You texted me. Okay. That's right.
1: Yeah. That guy. What?
0: So cactus Jack and the guy <laughs> from Mike and Molly.
1: Actually cactus Jack is going to be at helium in Cape also. Okay.
0: I, I, this is so how you know. old I am. I just showed my age. What was his name after cactus Jack? What is his main character that he played? Mankind. That's right. I was like thinking about. I was like, "What are his wrestling names again?" He was also. Hey, he was also Dude Love. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh my god! Um, I was a
1: wrestling fan, man.
0: I don't know where to go. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Well, I'll go down. I'll, I'll play this game.
1: I know who your favorite wrestler is. Who? What is it? Jushin Liger or? Whatever is that? How you no, say? it? I what just told name? you to check
0: him out. <laughs> Jushin Thunder. Liger. That's it. Don't I knew. Thun- I
1: knew Thunder was in there somewhere.
0: Well, I had to think of someone before the age of eight because that's when I stopped watching wrestling. <laughs> um, did you watch the Ric Flair Thirty for Thirty yet? I did. What did you think? You like it?
1: It was very good, and I actually texted you about this too. It was it was very good. I enjoyed it. I don't, I'm not a big fan of like all the cartoon stuff in it though. It doesn't really make sense to me.
0: Well, they had no way of, I mean, they could have reenacted the part where he pulled out his dick with an actor, but I don't (laughs) think that would, I don't think that would have gone over well. So, I mean, I love that. I love that one. That's one of my favorite ones. And I would definitely say from when I was a child, he was one of my favorites, but yeah, the, the Bruce Lee 30 for 30 is out. I gotta, I'm watching it after we're done. Okay. While I make dinner, finish the Lance Armstrong one. Uh, did you start that yet? Did you, you do you have any interest watching I, the Lance? Armstrong?
1: I I do, but I haven't I haven't had time to sit down and watch it yet.
0: I'm, I'm not going to say anything until you see it then. Okay. But uh, homeboy's kind of a dick.
1: I mean, I can see kind that. Of a dick.
0: Dude, it's he's like that Michael Jordan type where he's just like a savage. He's like, I don't give a fuck right. about you. About you, about you, about you. I'm gonna do what I want. But it's th- pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, but that's that's what it that shows you that that's the mindset you ha- kind of have to have and kind of what it takes to be the best of the best in what you're doing.
0: Yeah, but he's a full blown cheater. Okay. But I, you but, know, but, one but could who argue wasn't that every cyclist was on the same yeah, shit, so it was even playing field. But I, you know, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's an it's interesting man. He's uh he's he's an interesting guy.
1: Well, you heard him on Joe Rogan, didn't you?
0: No, I didn't watch that one. Oh, you didn't. That's when I was like, I don't give a shit about Lance Armstrong. And then I heard about it, and then I read up a little bit on what he was saying during it. And I was like, ooh, now I kind of care. I should have watched it. I haven't gone back and watched it, but now that actually, I would actually like to compare and contrast what he said on the thirty for thirty versus what he said on Joe Rogan. Um, but yeah, he's just, uh, he's an interesting guy.
1: He got, Uh, so EPO was what they is mainly what cyclists would
0: take, right? I think so to start, but he was him and all the guys around that team and around that atmosphere were just, I think they were on it all, man.
1: Cause I want to say, I want to say it was Lance Armstrong that told him cause Rogan talks about it every once in a while that, um, with EPO that you can't let your body just lay for too long because it thickens your blood. So like they would get up in the, like cyclists would get up in the middle of the night and ride. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of that. But the reason why I brought that up was, isn't that the same thing that TJ Dillashaw got popped for?
0: Yeah. Well, that's in not only did he get popped for it, but it's when he was trying to fight at one twenty-five. Right. And he looked, ridiculous. I mean, I don't even know how he, he looks crazy. He looks crazy. I, I don't even know. Like when it came out that he was on it, I was like, well, God, how else would he have made that weight? You know? But I, I don't know the specifics of EPO and what it does to you and anything like that, but
1: I'm still curious why he took it, how, how he didn't think he would get popped for it unless he didn't think he would get tested or if he thought that EPO wasn't something they test for or something along those lines. I don't know, but that's still crazy uh, to me.
0: No, I mean, people have been popped for that before, so he definitely knew that it could come up in a test. Who knows, man? I think he was addicted to the idea of making that weight and beating Henry Cejudo, if you ask me. I mean, there's just... And now he's probably not going to get a chance to, to fight him.
1: You think Cejudo's done completely?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to fight Dillashaw again. By the time Dillashaw comes back and everything in that bantamweight division has changed and flyweight has changed, and maybe, maybe that's a sort of a retirement fight, we'll call it, you could make. But yeah, I don't know. Well, also, who had already so. retired? No, I'm saying a retirement fight, meaning we're going to get a guy out of retirement. We're going to get oh, a guy I who's, see. you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. What do you think about Conor
1: McGregor announcing announcing retirement? Did I say McGregor? Conor McGregor. I don't know if I said that right or not. Anyways,
0: Mystic Mac. Um, I don't know. I think he just wanted attention after a pay-per-view.
1: Possibly. He his words were that he the fight game doesn't excite him anymore.
0: Yeah, and then people turn that into he doesn't get enough money or he wants more money. I don't I don't know how they uh, how some of those journalists spun it like that. And again, I, I'm I'm all for Dana getting pissed off about those stupid questions. It had nothing to do with money.
1: But I, I seen that Mayweather made a tweet about it also, basically saying that, Connor, you said you wanted another fight with me, and I'm ready to set it up, and now you're going to retire on me. It may just have been to, you know, rumble up some excitement. But why does he... Why can't he still fight Mag- uh, Mayweather even though he retires from the UFC? He can. That's that's my that's what I'm saying. Like,
0: yeah. Well, he would need because he's in a UFC contract. He would need the UFC to be behind him on that. So uh, I don't know how that works if he's retired from the UFC. Um, how does that work? But I, I'd much rather, dude. I'd much rather watch that again than, you know. Well let me say this. I'd much rather watch that again than him go back and forth with whoever is the lightweight champion is and whoever you, you did, there's so much uncertainty with who's gonna fight who and by the time Connor would come back, who would be the champion and does he deserve the title shot and all this stuff? Just go fight Floyd again, make the money. You know people are gonna watch it right? Why not? who it's, it's less risky for him. he doesn't get his hurt, you know. It's less, it's, it's, if he loses, it does less to his, his legacy as a fighter, his reputation as a fighter, right?
1: What do you think about Nate Diaz's comments, or did you see the tweet that he made about basically all these fighters who are taking fights, he basically said something about like, you need to know what your, your worth is and don't be taking fights just because the UFC wants you to take fights that you need to, you know, there's, there's a dollar amount that you deserve. I mean, you still got to bring. Who knows if the UFC is even gonna give you the money you want if you hold out? Yeah. I mean, look how long he held out before he fought Masvidal. He could have he could have had a couple more fights in between. In between there, you know. And when you're not fighting, um, you're not making money. So.
0: Yeah, but he said that about a title fight too, which makes zero sense.
1: Was That that was about Usman and Burns, right?
0: Yeah. Usman needs to defend again. Um, and I'm telling you, waiting around for Masvidal to finally get the right amount of money would have been bad on his part. And if Burns wins the title, it changes his life. Right. I don't understand that. Okay, so maybe they don't make as much money. Maybe Usman doesn't make as much money as if he would have fought Mosfidal or Colby Covington again or whatever. But so what? They got to fight, man. There's still no fans. Like we don't know where the they don't they don't know where the money's coming from. And I heard Joe Rogan say on his podcast the other day that uh, WME is in trouble. Like they're laying off people. Like they're hemorrhaging money at this point. So I think if you're a fighter, you fight. Right. I saw those two guys don't have the luxury that Nate Diaz has at saying no because Nate Diaz has had two fights with Conor McGregor and then a fight with Masvidal. Right. You know. He's been a part of two, three really giant, um, fight events for the UFC, not to mention all that he did before. So,
1: right. And Usman, uh, like Usman's biggest fights would be what would you consider Covington? One of his biggest fights or wouldley Yeah, his
0: pay-per-view headliner? Of and course. Woodley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before that, you know, no, he was never a part of anything that big. So wait, what, I don't know. I don't know what Nate's expecting them to wait around for
1: what card is that but, on? Usman and what? Burns. Two fifty one. Burns how how many months is that between Burns' last fight and this one?
0: So he fought what a couple weeks ago?
1: So it's like what two months?
0: Yeah, it's not it's not long. Dang. Dude wants to fight. What, what can you do? Just saying. Leon- John Edwards was saying that they offered him the fight, but he couldn't make it happen. So, if that's the case, you know, Burns has made it very clear that he's willing to fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. Sign him up. So, and again, if he has that mentality and he becomes champion, imagine what that does for him. So, for Nate to expect that guy to say no to a title fight in Abu Dhabi on the official Fight Island debut, it's crazy. It's crazy. Why would you say no to that? Yeah. So, I think Nate, well look, I, again I don't I don't I don't blame these guys for wanting more money. You know, we talked about this in the last one, but you can't fall under the delusion that the UFC is gonna stop doing business as usual just for you. Right. You know, there's been one guy they've done that for. Period. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you know, I think since Connor there have been people who have been like, Well, I deserve the same same sort of attention. And we don't even know if they actually did that for Connor, but the perception was is that they did, or they kind of changed their business model a little bit because look, we have the biggest star we've ever experienced. It's worldwide. It's a global phenomenon. How do we capitalize? How do we keep capitalizing on this? You you have, since then, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you can have fighters that are in the that are in the same position that Connor McGregor has been in, but UFC as a business brings in more money when connor fights because he has he is a bigger draw than anybody else in the ufc and people i think fighters are overlooking that and just looking at the fact that they are in the same position as connor was
0: i don't think they overlooked that necessarily but again it's it's sort of a delusion of grandeur that every fighter should have at some point i don't blame them again and especially a guy like nate who's been a part of two of those fights you know, it's understandable why he would fall under that delusion. But at the end of the day, he's got to realize look, if Nate beats Mosfidal, if he stops Mosfidal, we're not even having this conversation. The UFC's rolling out the, the red carpet for Nate, and they're saying, who do you want? You want a third fight with Connor? Who do you want? What do you want to do? But he didn't. He didn't win that fight. Yeah, it was shitty. The circumstances were shitty, and it ended uh, poorly. And I, for one, am one of the people who think, who thinks that if that fight had gone on, we would have seen Nate kind of take over a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, I think he was on the verge of doing that.
0: But at the end of the day, dude, you got your ass kicked for two and a half rounds. Right. You didn't win the fight.
1: Do you think that BMF, so, it, BMF title means anything? Do you think that? No, we talked do you think, about
0: this before. I mean, I know,
1: but do you think do you think fighters take it seriously? Like I have, I haven't heard anything about it since that fight.
0: I think fighters take it seriously if another person comes out and says, I'm the baddest motherfucker. I challenge Masvidal. That, Not only do they
1: do it, doesn't it seem but cor- they
0: challenge him, they fight him, and they win.
1: Doesn't it seem That's corny? Doesn't it seem corny, though?
0: It's, it's like the million-dollar belt in the WWE, and I hate myself for knowing what that is, but yes. <laughs> it's a little bit corny, but whatever. Again, the UFC ran with that cheese, man, and it and it, it helped them. You know, it got them a lot of attention that perhaps they weren't getting before. So I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal that fighters take it seriously. Whether they do, I think again, someone else is going to have to fight for it. If Nate Diaz isn't going to fight Masvidal again, okay. So, it, you know?
1: so another question about it: Is it weird that you can only have that they only have that belt at like one in one division?
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's weird. Don't I mean, get me wrong. I, I, I mean, sh-
1: should they have a BMF belt for each division?
0: No. There should be one. So
1: why have... That, right. But you can't have there, a guy there, that fights at 125 win that belt.
0: Look, if Henry Cejudo wants to fight Jorge Masvidal <laughs> at 170, <laughs> he wants to balloon up to 170, <laughs> who are we to say, no, don't do that? At look, the let's end of the let's
1: just do a catchweight at 155.
0: he's made that way before. That would be much easier for Cejudo, but um, I don't know, man. It's it's a shit show, but I love a shit show, so who am I to to knock it? Um, Yeah, I mean, again, I understand why Nate's saying something, but at the end of the day, those two guys needed to fight, and Nate's never going to... I also think it's odd that he's calling out the champion for fighting fights that he shouldn't be fighting and waiting. Like who is he gonna wait for? you? You know? Who's ranked who's, what,
1: like fifteenth?
0: Yeah, I mean is he? Is he even right rank- mean, he might be ranked, but
1: I thought I thought we'd seen he was fifteenth.
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Either way, you know, how much better would UFC two fifty one be if Nate were on that card? It's already a filthy card. Right. You no? Know? So imagine if he was like, Yeah, I'll fight. I'm ready to fight. Who are we fighting? I'll go to Abu Dhabi. It's an even bigger card. You know, it sells more pay-per-views.
1: But the problem is is in the in the rankings that he is and the position as he is, who do you give him?
0: Well again, I don't I don't I don't know if it matters necessarily. But then it goes back to his argument like, hey, you're not giving me what I'm worth. Right. I'm bringing you in pay-per-view dollars, so start treating me like, like, start treating me like that's the case, which you know. So there, there are both sides to it that makes sense, but I don't know. What can you do? I'm gonna watch either way. If Nate's on a card, I watch. If he's not on a card, I watch. So.
1: Right. So you said earlier that you you have something music related. You want to dive into that real quick, or no?
0: Well, I went down a rabbit hole on youtube uh and i think it was on accident but it it got me thinking about uh i so i watched videos of two two different guys that i really really love and they really inspired me the first one is scott wyland and the second is chester bennington so both of which died tragically and it really kind of crushed my spirits for a little bit but with scott wyland i watched a video of him performing with velvet revolver okay on howard stern and you could tell in his speech, he was just not doing well. And he's, you know, he's well, it was well known that Scott Weiland was a drug addict and battled addiction for many, many years. But only a few years before that, he played on Howard Stern with Stone Temple Pilots. Everything was different about him. His, the tone in his speaking voice was different. Just everything was different. And I was like, God, like you could see that spiral. Just, yeah, it, it, was, it was painful to watch. And then the same with Chester, um, with his live performances, you know, people talked about they could sort of see the, like he was up and down, and part of the ways that they could see that was in his live performances. So I just watched a few, and yeah, you could definitely see some performances. He was really up, was really energetic, really into the live show, and then some he was just... And, in you know, people who tour a lot, they, they, go, they go through the motions of playing live, but with him he was such a large part of what made that band work and what made that band successful and beloved by fans. You could just, you could really tell with him when he was happy and when he wasn't happy. And again, really painful to watch, I guess, looking back on it, you know, there was that, uh, I want to say it was Jimmy Kimmel performance of him doing that one more light song. Uh, and it was just like, Oh, it was hard to watch. Like you could tell he was, Wait, just who? the way that he performed and who? everything he was just chester bennington
1: oh okay i thought you were talking about scott wyland still and i was like wait a second
0: no no um and then you could see like performances where they're in grand central station performing in the subway for fans and he was just he was exuberated like the, his face was just lit up he was so happy it was like so exciting and he was just really into the moment and again as a musician when you tour you go through the emotions and. Some days you're up, some days you're down. But that band was so huge. You know what I mean? Like,
1: has it ever really come out? Like what Chester's demons really were? Mm. It seems like that's always been like behind closed doors. Like we we know that he that you know depression and things like that were were a big cause of him taking his yeah. own life, but. We never. I don't. I haven't heard like anything behind that, like what the reasoning for it was or anything like that.
0: Apparently, he was battling it a long time. Um His wife put out a statement on something. I didn't read it because again, it's it kind of like, ugh, like, you know, it's it's a bummer. Um, I don't know. I do, but you know, even if that does come out, what what are we? Who are we to analyze or assess that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not saying they to are. judge
1: anything. I'm just. Yeah, I, I know. Just curious. I, I know what you're
0: saying. Yeah, Um I don't know. I don't know. I, I, w- I would imagine that. I think all of those things are specific to the person and the person only. I think people can sort of relate to it, but there's no way of controlling what's going on in your own brain. You know,
1: what um, what can what were those just two separate rabbit holes that you went down, or were the are those connected somehow?
0: Well, they well I kind of connected the two because uh, Chester more recently died. And I saw Stone Temple Pilots with Chester, and it's one of my, you know, favorite, um, favorite, like, concert moments ever. So, yeah, I just went, this is what I do to myself late at night. I get on YouTube and depress myself. (laughs) But at least it's with good music and music that, again, inspires me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just interesting to watch, you know, various performances and see the timeline. I think Scott Weiland was a little bit worse because of the drug addiction, whereas Chester... Again, they were such a huge band, and he was such an integral part of the band. You know, I think sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, and that's just the what you go through as a singer who's on tour as often as they toured and stuff. Isn't
1: that, isn't that a but, crazy thing to think that a singer or a somebody in a band who can play in front of fifty thousand plus people can just phone it in sometimes? To be in in front of that many people, but I mean, it's just, you know, when you're touring and you're, you're on stage every night or every other night or whatever, you know, you got, you got to think some days you don't feel like going out there and some, sometimes those days are in front of a lot of freaking people.
0: Yeah. And, and well, the funny thing is, is some do phone it in and I would say a majority of the audience doesn't know that they're phoning it in. Right. You know? I think sometimes you can tell and some people in attendance can tell uh whether they've been to a lot of live shows or they've seen that band a lot of times or they have played they phoned it in themselves There are all of those things but yeah i mean i would say majority of the people don't know that you're phoning it in which is um i don't know i don't think it's crazy that they do phone it in because it is you know stressful You know, especially if you're sick or, you know, you're going through problems with your wife or one of your kids is sick, you know, all the all the stuff. I mean, right. All the stuff that you go through, you know, I can't I can only imagine. I but people people
1: don't really see that, though. You know, that's like I said, behind the scenes stuff behind closed doors that, you know, people don't realize. I don't guess that they, they think, oh, they're a rock star. They have the life. you know, the best life ever. Well, how could they be depressed or how could they be down? You know, they're. Yeah. It's not like they're not normal people. They're just on the road away from their family all the time.
0: Yeah, it. it um, people just want to be entertained. Yeah, actually, that you said that is kind of funny. So when I'm, now that I'm, I'm gonna, uh, probably gonna go gonna go down another rabbit hole after this. But thinking back when I talked about, I saw Greg Giraldo mm-hmm. a couple of times at um, Funny Bone. Yeah. The last time I saw him, you could tell he was he was struggling he was not as not as energetic not as excited i you know you felt like he was going through the motions so now thinking back on that and it was right right before he died makes sense you know
1: yeah that would have to be even harder to to be a standup comedian and have to get up in front of people and then still phone it in i mean you know, what, know, for for a standup comedian, once they get their act down, for for the most part, and they know this is where laughs happen, you know, and and especially when you're a bigger name like Greg. Well, I I would consider Greg Giraldo a bigger name. You know, they he they know that when the crowd comes in, they're gonna laugh. That you know, he's not gonna have to buy the crowd. He's not gonna have right. to you know bring them in. So it's like he can phone it in a lot easier that way. But it's still got to be hard to do because it's all eyes on you
0: yeah I, I would say you're you're more vulnerable you're more exposed um but again if you're a solo artist i th- you know i contribute i kind of say it kind of works the same way I, yeah i, I don't <laughs> a lot of people it's their release i mean that's kind of funny like i don't know if you as you've gotten to know me you probably don't know that i'm, I'm a very like socially awkward person have major anxiety being in large groups of people and being out in public in general. So when I started playing shows, there were people who knew me that way that would see me playing like what, what, what happened? What, what's what's the you know? Well, when I got when I got to when I got comfortable and I would sort of have my own stage presence and I would really sort of get in the moment and really go crazy on stage at times. Not all the time, but when they would when people would see that, they would go like, what, what, what is that? Who is that person I go, well look I mean it's, it's sort of an escape I don't I kind of just black out the fact that everyone's there and it's me letting out whatever sort of emotions I had that day or the previous week previous month whatever and I get to do it through music so it's very I'm very fortunate that I got comfortable with being able to do it that way because uh, it did you know uh, for me it did help me quite a bit um, so. but you know, everyone's different. So it was just funny to look at it, you know, watch those guys go through those different points in their career when you could sort of see when things, and I don't know if things changed again, I might've just caught them on an off night in the video I watched, but you could see what I could see, see things change, I guess. But I don't know.
1: I was actually, I was listening to a song earlier today and I never, I guess I never really thought that deep into it, but it was, I know that the lead singer has gone through something in the recent past that, and like in the middle of the song, there's a, the, the words of the song are deep in, in general, but then there's a part in the middle of the song where he screams and you can tell, like if, if you know what's going on and you, know, you listen to the words of the song, you can tell like that scream is an outlet for him in the middle of this song. It's like, he's getting shit out by, sure. by that scream in the middle of the song.
0: Are you going to say what song it is or?
1: No. What? I don't want to. I'm just throwing the idea out there.
0: (laughs) Well, I give up. Maybe I want to listen to the song. Maybe I want to hear the scream.
1: Okay. I'll I'll tell you later.
0: That's, who are you protecting right now?
1: Nobody. Well, somebody. I I just don't want to say.
0: Because you said they were, because you said they were going through something and you don't want people to know that?
1: Yeah. There's no reason, there's no reason to, uh.
0: Is this not like, is this not like. Uh, public knowledge?
1: I mean, it is, I guess.
0: So if it's public knowledge, why well, can't... Don't worry about it. Just leave is it. Is it a local band, Just or is it, it a is it a band outside of St. Louis? Local. Local. Okay.
1: And that's more the reason why I don't want to say anything of who, <sighs> who they are.
0: Text me after. Okay. I'm going to listen to the song. Okay. Well... Now that I've been racist and I've offended people and I've bummed myself out, maybe that's a good point to stop.
1: (laughs) Are you going to go get drunk and go down a YouTube rabbit hole? Nah. And get depressed? Nah. No? That's good. I'm glad.
0: You're welcome.
1: (laughs) All right. Ready to wrap it up?
0: Sure. All
1: right. We're out.